0: Who Likes Vampires? We sure hope you do, because on episode 41 of the Great Lakes Horror Company, Elaine Pascal and Nancy Kilpatrick are back with the second part of their in depth look at bloodsuckers and what makes them tick. Given that Valentine's Day was just last week, it seems fitting that sex, seduction, and the eternal appeal of the vampire are all on today's agenda. Let's bite in.
1: This is Nancy Kilpatrick, and we are on the Great Lakes Horror Company podcast. Today, we are talking about, (laughs) you'll find out in a minute. I'm gonna (laughs) introduce you. (laughs) I'll introduce you first to Elaine Pascal. She is a published author. She's got short stories, a novel. Her novel is called The Blood Lights, and her story collection is fantastic. You should buy that one, too. It's If Nothing Else, Eve, We've Enjoyed the Fruit. I love that title. Um, you can uh, go to Elaine's blog. She's got a whole thing running for Women in Horror Month, February 2020, and lots of women are there. Every day there's a new woman. She's got a short story from each of those women, and there's um, information about them and how to contact them, so it's a really good blog. You can get there at uh, www. ElainePascal.com. I hope I got that right. She'll correct we me if it's did. wrong. No, you got the correct. I was just gonna <laughs> add
2: your your story. Nancy is February sixth.
1: Oh, okay. All right, so you know that I'm on there too. Yeah. And anyway, uh, she's also a reviewer and uh she writes a lot of reviews for um uh places like the um uh oh she'll tell you because I have a brain dead today. But anyway, she's got a lot of reviews coming out, and uh she's also what's most interesting is she's a researcher of all things mythological that relate to horror. So that's Elaine Pascal, she's here with me and over to you so
2: yes I am Elaine Pascal and allow me to introduce Nancy Kilpatrick who is a prolific writer and I have read most everything she's written but she's so prolific I can't say that I have read everything (laughs) Um, but you can find out more about what she's written by going to her website which is www.nancykilpatrick.com she has two new vampire novels that she just recently published and she's finishing up currently her sixth book vampire novel series, The Thrones of Blood, which is amazing and it really ties into what we're discussing today. That series has just been optioned for film and TV, so it's super exciting. And she's also working on a crossover science fiction slash horror novel. And as I said, her story will appear on my website on February 6th. But you can go to her website and see more about what she has published. There's a lot of, there's a variety. She does a lot of vampires, but a lot of different kinds of vampire stories. So there really is something for everyone. And that leads me into our discussion today, which we're dancing around because we're not sure if we are allowed to say the title is... Everybody wants to fuck the vampire, and we're not sure if we're allowed to say fuck. <laughs> well, let's start with that. Why, Nancy? Because you, I have to turn this over to you. And when it comes to eroticism and vampires, you're way ahead of me on this one. Why does everybody want to fuck the vampire?
1: Oh I think isn't it obvious I mean other than the the old ones that were you know the ones that came well you know the mythological vampires that's your specialty uh, the ones that came from the from the mythology the ones that came from the uh, quote factual histories uh, mm-hmm. they weren't very pretty they were more like zombies that we see zombies mm-hmm. today they were kind of dirty they came out of the earth and they were smelly and usually they died of something that uh, nobody knew what it was mm-hmm. uh, and then they'd be buried and then uh, all of a sudden somehow they'd be re- appearing in, at night usually and knocking on the door of their boyfriend or girlfriend or their right. spouse well, or their parents or whoever right. they were close to. So that that you know and, and then the people would be so, you know, happy to see the dead mm-hmm. person not actually seeing all that dirt and, you know, paleness exactly. and teeth and They'd invite them in and that was mm-hmm. their curse. But yeah, I was that, gonna that, say, that's that,
2: the that key was, that's not appealing. Yeah, that's, that's not a key- appealing. That's a key point. They returned home, and it was often a spouse. It was often someone you were attracted to in life, and you were looking at them through a window in the dark. You couldn't really see them. But the the Malaysian, the Asian vampires were often seductive women at the beginning.
1: They are. Well, those vampires, I mean... I guess if you're like so in love with someone, maybe you don't notice all of these strange <laughs> peculiarities that have happened since they, quote, died, unquote. But um, yeah. now I think we got to the point somewhere during the Victorian era that maybe uh, the presentation had to be better. You know, mm-hmm. there had to be some, if you're going to have something like... Um, a Dracula, or you're going to have a Varney the Vampire, Sir Varney the Vampire, um, or you're going mm-hmm. to have Carmella. You've got to have, you've got to have these creatures more appealing and interesting because no one in their right mind, if anyone is in their right mind, is going to <laughs> invite these ugly, smelly, dirty, dead things that are covered in grave dirt into the house. You know, any sane person would be screaming. So Well, uh, they're also hypnotic. They can
2: hypnotize you.
1: They can theoretically, I guess that's what they did, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, for whatever reason, we wanted to make them a little more um palatable as it were, and uh so yeah they they had to become uh they were all of course, you know, in the Victorian era, they all um went from being the kind of uh you know the ones that were in the 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 preeds of that, and I'm sure you get a lot of that with the mythology too, they were all um. Not just not appealing, but they were all pretty much the lower classes. They were worker vampires, or you know the guy who owned the the fruit stand in the village or something mm-hmm. like that they weren't uh, they weren 't the aristocracy but by the the victorian era and that 's not to say there weren 't any but it was rare uh, It was mostly that it was just ordinary people and uh, when the vampire hit the Victorian era and all of its, um, its uh its special attention to everything uh Mm. they had to become and because they were aristocracy they had to fit into that world where you have to dress properly and have the proper manners and so on and so forth and hence you get dracula who managed to you know move around that circle pretty easily um although he wasn't particularly liked by the males because he was after females but there you go
2: one thing that I feel that you pick up so well in The Thrones of Blood is that the vampires are not only physically, I mean, you describe them as very physically attractive, the way you know, the description you use, they are attractive, but because they have been around so long, they know many erotic tricks. <laughs> they know how to... They please. do, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, just like anything else, you know, like we talked about the vampire before in a podcast. And I mean, if they're going to be around for a couple of lifetimes, they'd be really stupid not to be able to figure out, how it a fortune, really. Because mm. I mean, usually most of us go through life and we figure by the end of it, we're saying, oh, geez, I should have done that. I should have done right. that. I would have had a billion dollars too. But yeah, they figured it out. So I think they also, you know, they've got the seduction down pretty good if they want to use it. And I think a lot of people are receptive to that seduction. I mean.
2: Now in your books, they tend to be, I'm trying to find the word. It, they're, it's more than coercive. It's almost like at first the human or the sapien in the thrones of blood doesn't want anything to do with them. And they just sort of, the vampire is very domineering and aggressive sexually.
1: Yeah, politically incorrect vampires, for sure, of this day and age. But, you know, reality is there's a lot of coercion that goes on between the genders and between Mm -hmm. any kind of genders. There is. And it's not always physical. It's all kinds of ways that people have of, I would say, dominating the other person in Mm -hmm. some way. Um, in the world that I created, it's, it's a very specific world to that series. It's two um, societies of beings, the vampires and the humans. They're at war because, I mean, it's a bottom line thing here. You know, the vampires need blood to live. The humans have the blood. They don't want to give it. The vampires have to take it. So they, you know, they have a right. history of being aggressive, period. Uh, right. And when it comes to using whatever means they, they want to use to get that blood, which could be an erotic, Thing as well, yeah. They're they're not opposed to vampires aren't opposed to using that at all, um, and they're very good at it.
2: Mm, okay, I mean I've been thinking recently about our topic and thinking how strange it is that we have this monster that is seductive. I know we have incubus and succubus, but we humans tend to be asleep when they come. But nobody wants to <laughs> fuck Godzilla. Nobody wants to fuck King Kong. You know what I mean? We ha- we do have this one monster. <laughs> that for some reason there's something in us that turned this undead creature into something seductive. Like you said, it was sort of, you, you felt it happened around the Victorian period, but it is an interesting concept because it did sort of happen. And then ironically, the first vampire supposedly was Lilith, who the reason why she was a vampire was because she wouldn't sleep with Adam in the garden and she got booted out so she's kind of not sexually interested and she became the first vampire and then we have these all these seductive female vampires that are sort of her offspring it's kind of an interesting thing and it it, it says a lot about us and our ideas. I
1: yeah you're right i mean we often see that with um human beings, <laughs> where mm-hmm. you have parents parents that are a certain way, um, say they're very conservative people mm-hmm. in the way of their lifestyle, and then they have these kids, and maybe there's one or two of the three that they have that are very radical and very extreme, you know, and, and yeah. the things flip around anyway with people. People change as they get older, and they change again, and all kinds of things happen with people. So it stands to reason that, uh, you know, they, there'd be a bunch of offspring that would be <laughs> the other way, mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm -hmm. in a way rebellious in a way but also more adventurous a fun question who
2: was the sexiest movie vampire
1: oh geez i couldn't tell you but you know there is one thing that has always stuck to my mind because that topic has come up at at points Mm -hmm. at conventions in various places and i remember asking a bunch of people who they thought the sexiest vampire was mm-hmm. uh, and it was a room full of many women so they were talking about male vampires and uh this one person said that she thought <laughs> i always thought this was very strange but in the um the original uh uh um, movie of Nosferatu, mm-hmm. yeah. uh she thought that vampire was the sexiest the hottest one oh. <laughs> he looks Which like a rat interesting. <laughs> an interesting approach to the vampire. I yeah. think I always <laughs> kind of feel bad for him because he's so
2: <laughs> weird. Oh, that's funny.
1: Well, he's certainly interesting, you know, he's really yeah. interesting and he's also interesting. That same type in the, um, the Herzog version of the yeah. film. Uh, you know where Klaus Kinski does that, mm-hmm. uh, that character, and yeah, they're 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 really interesting. And if you if interesting, if one of the drives you have and sexuality that yeah. works too, you know, to a certain but extent. They're, they're like
2: creepy. Well, like I still find Nosferatu creepy, even though the film's so old.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, Something about him that just. Ugh.
2: But I don't know. There's something about. I think that you can slap fangs on any actor, and he becomes sexy. <laughs>
1: in a way that's true it's really true I mean who do you think is the sexiest vampire book or film or whatever oh, well wait. I mean
2: with films there's just so many of them like I think of David Bowie and the hunger he was sexy absolutely he's sexy Grace. Jones. Huh? Yeah, Grace. that's what I mean it's David Bowie Grace Jones and vamp was sexy um I was a child of the 80s so the lost boys keeper Sutherland um, I liked Gary Oldman when he played Dracula, I thought, but I liked Gary Oldman, uh, but I also liked, um, what was her name? She played Lucy in that. She in which? In the, in the, when Gary Oldman was, um.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, Ryder, what's her name? Winona.
2: No, the other one, the, the one who became the vampire, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Sadie right. Frost. Sadie Frost. Ah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I thought she was very sexy. So, I, again, I, I sort of feel like it's one of those things that um, once you give the actor that leeway, they become sexy because they become very confident. I mean, that's part of the vampire's appeal, right? He's, he or yes. she is confident. Yeah um they know they know they can have their way with you they know they can hypnotize you but they often choose not to they often choose to try to you know get you to come to them i mean it's, all that stuff is just sexy
1: yeah that's not just 70s <laughs> right. i think that's sort of a normal thing this is why you you know that phrase that goes good guys finish last yeah <laughs> well it's often that way and it's it's you know and men have forever been complaining about that look this guy's an asshole and look what he gets all the checks you know this is a common you know mm-hmm. common complaint but it's true because the there is a certain kind of um swagger you know that is really fascinating that uh, we're talking male female here at this point right. not not same gender or anything else. So we're just going into that realm. But yeah, there's a certain thing about swagger, you know, that really is intriguing and uh, confidence that is behind that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you know, that there's that. And it might appear repulsive at some point and change. (laughs) But, uh, you know, when you've got somebody who's a very nice person, you know, that person will be a very nice person. Even if they make a mistake, they'll come around and sort of, you know, apologize or, or they'll straighten it out or be a really nice person about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you don't expect that from a vampire. Right. <laughs> especially the, the, the ones that are so, um, whether they're male or female, actually, whether, you know, they don't come on, they don't come across that way. They come across as people who or beings that know what they want and mm-hmm. they will get what they want somehow or other. Mm-hmm. And they come across as insatiable,
2: and that's you know, as insatiable. Like Bram Stoker really played with that a lot in Dracula, especially with the Lucy character when she was transforming into a vampire. She had all three of her suitors giving her blood at the same the time, time. I know. <laughs> it was Van Helsing. I mean, it was some kind of gang bang going on and she could not get enough. And finally, I mean, this is, this is Stoker just giving it to the British man because he hates the British men. Finally, what satisfies her as a child, which is really, but he really played around with that. And you do that in your books as well. Your vampires can go and go and go all
1: night. (laughs) They don't get tired. of roll well, over and go to sleep. <laughs> they because they don't see sex in the same way that a lot of uh, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but certainly Americans <laughs> <see sex. laughs> Sorry, but that's how I have to put it. You know, there's it's a lot looser in other places. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, in certain certain places in Europe, you know, I'm not talking about you know down and dirty anything. Just right. the culture. The cultures are they're not so you know stressed about sex as Americans. You know, you, you could rob a bank and you'd get off, right. uh, you know, but you'd go to jail if you had sex with right. somebody. You know, right. it, It's a strange kind of culture that sex is the demon. So, mm-hmm. of course, the vampire works pretty well in the United States for that reason, right. because it's what is hidden.
2: <laughs> right. Well, part of the attraction, when we say the vampire is seductive and everybody wants to fuck the vampire, it's not just... I want that physical act. It's also the aspect of I want to be that. I want to be a, I want to be confident. I want Mm -hmm. to be knowledgeable. I want to be able to get away with dark things that, you know, in my real normal life, I can't get away with. Like that's all part of the seduction too. Wanting to, not just wanting to be with the vampire, but wanting to be the vampire and what the vampire is able to do.
1: That's true yeah cuz we're in a very um civilized world here in north america and most of europe is civilized and there's lots of places that are very civilized or at least organized and you know they go by a certain way of being um but yeah there are things that are outside the purview of those cultures and that's not acceptable
2: mm-hmm. and that's
1: there, these are often drives that people have you know and uh what can you do with that so you can fantasize and there's the vampire to help you fantasize mm-hmm. if i were young dad i could do this and that you know uh-huh. so i don't know Absolutely. Anyway, I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea of fantasizing about a vampire. No. I remember I remember a cousin of mine talking one time <laughs> I was talking to this cousin down in Florida, where you are now. Yes. And uh she was we were just uh, discussing why do you write vampires? I have people ask me that all the time, of course. Why mm-hmm. do you write vampires? It used to be you look so nice. But I don't guess I don't look <laughs> nice anymore. They never say that. They just say, Why do you write vampires? So, so anyway, she we were talking about it. And, uh, she said at some point after I gave my little discourse, she said, uh, but they're so cold. I said, well, I guess not everybody finds their bodies cold or cold in the way that you do. And she kind of looked at me and said, but I want warmth. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Because, um, you know, the vampire are traditionally, their, their bodies are cooler than humans. Right. Sometimes they're cold. They're dead or not dead or undead or however you want right. to see them whatever are painting. But it's not going to be the warm, hot, you know, kind of guy or gal mm-hmm. that you're used to. You know, mm-hmm. their, 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 their temperature's up and yours goes up. It's mm-hmm. a different thing. So It is. But and maybe for some people, that's what's attractive. It's different. But on the other hand, <laughs> I was thinking about going into a sex shop with a friend of mine one time mm-hmm. just to look around. We were, mm-hmm. we were doing that and uh, we were looking at uh, various things. And this, it, there was this, well, I want to go into some of the strange stuff, but anyway, uh, one thing we were looking at was dildos, right? And so there was. This whole case, this whole shelf of glass dildos. And I looked at them and I thought, hmm, yeah. what, what are these about? And I asked the store clerk um, and uh, there were a couple of people that were clerks there. And one of them came over and the guy said to me, well, I said, well, why would you want a glass? Why would you right. want glass? It's plexiglass, obviously. Right. And he said, Oh, because you can put it in the microwave and warm it or in the freezer and freeze it. And I thought, huh. Okay. Everybody likes something different. That's yeah, interesting. So yeah. Yeah interesting huh. that's a dead stopper of conversation
2: there. yeah no I'm, i mean it does tie in there would be people who would be attracted to the coldness of the vampire and not just the coldness of the physicality the coldness of their personality we see vampires yes. as very reserved and some people like that because it's part of the chase winning over this cold it is part of aloof chase person and you do Absolutely. that again this is what you do That's in the- your books Nancy you do this in your books right <laughs> <laughs> okay, the vampire song. always <laughs> is very yeah. aloof and won't let the human in but then over time the human gets a little you know gets little bits little bits in there and see sort of the the person behind the vampire that soul that was there at one point
1: yeah well this is like a lot of SM too you know yeah. it's like in this In this world, and in a lot of the worlds, you know, that you see vampires in, the vampire does see human beings as lesser creatures, Mm -hmm. not just lesser than vampires, but, you know, in my, the worlds I created anyway, I mean, they see them as less than the rocks under their feet. Right, right. Because humans have all of these, um, vampires have a system. They have their own, they don't have all of the the morality that we have in the same way. And so even a vampire... We're food, period. Yeah. We're food, yeah. And and like when it comes to sex, for example, yeah, some of them have partners. Some of them don't have partners, you know, or but they change partners easily. And even if they have a partner in what we would deem to be, say, a, quote, marriage, mm-hmm. uh, they will still have sex with someone else. That doesn't matter to them because sex is just sex. It's not necessarily a commitment in the mm-hmm. same way that we view it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of like one night stands without the negativity, if you put right. it that way. So it's a different way of thinking, and I think that's really appealing to people too. This idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, can you get an so STD I, from
2: a vampire? Can you be what? <laughs> can you get an STD from a vampire, or could you give them a sexually transmitted disease?
1: That's an interesting idea. Something for <laughs> you. <to read. laughs> I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's possible if they are beings that can, um, you know, be infected by things. It depends what it is, I suppose. How you, you know, I mean, the vampire, of course, is mythological and it's fictional. It's fantastic. Right. To create a world that we, you know, create the parameters of that world, the rules of that world. However you envision them, you have to stick to those rules in your particular work um, so that it makes sense to get into it. I'm just thinking but, um, about the, yeah,
2: the say, I'm thinking about the lack of consequences. Really. Like if, if you can have sex without any consequences, there's no pregnancy, there's no disease, there's no, then yeah, <laughs> the shame, <laughs> shame aspect is kind of lightened or maybe even removed.
1: Mm-hmm. I well, know. I, I mean, it's an appealing um, way of thinking as opposed to being stressed and worried about things all the time, like Mm -hmm. pregnancy and diseases and things like that. Um, And then, you know, there's just a lot of, I I think it's, there's a lot of reasons why people would want to fuck the vampire, because it's it's a whole different world. It's not Mm -hmm. got the complications in a way, or you know what the complications are, because they're obvious. Oh, okay. being wants your blood, needs your blood, Um, you can maybe supply that or not, you know, depending on how Uh it goes. But it's kind of like the game that always happens between people. There's a little bit of a back and forth, push and pull game that happens with people when there's an attraction for Uh something. And it's got to be that, you know, that's got to be there. Um, You know, I think there are a lot of vampires that are just the... uh, the killers, you know, there's a right. lot of those as well. They're not interested in anything erotic at all. They're only interested in blood period as much as can be swallowed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're more like the old school vampires that are pre Victorian era where nothing is going to get in their way. They're just going to go for the, for the jugular. That's right. It. You know, even the artery <laughs> is even mm-hmm. better. So they'll do that and that's it. And one after another, I mean, it's, it's like a, uh, you know, it's a different thing too. And I mean, that, that is more horrifying than appealing or attractive, but I think a lot of the vampires now for the last, oh gosh, 50 years, they've kind of, they've all been pretty much attractive in some manner. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they can't get around human beings. How can you get something around you that is, is not attractive? It's obvious right from the get go. Mm-hmm. That's true. But yeah. I mean, I thought Twilight was kind of interesting. No, we're not Twilight. talking about Twilight, Nancy. It's not. Oh, okay. right. story. Forget it. Forget I even said the T word. Oh continue, continue on, Elaine.
2: <laughs> no, well, what were you going to okay. say? I will indulge you. No, well, no, no, gonna say no
1: We're not going to go into Twilight. It's okay. Never mind.
2: Don't consider them vampires. I'm sorry. It's they're, they're too off the mythology. And I'm a purist. It's too much. <laughs> oh
1: stop. <laughs> I I consider them a, a branch. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of types of vampires, as you well know. Right. And there's like one branch of it. And it's not the whole of it at all. Mm-hmm. And people get upset because, oh my God, what's happened to vampires? But no, it's one thing and it appealed to young people, you know, mostly right. and some mothers apparently. But you know, it's what it was and it's over now and now we're back to other types of vampires you know you get um on television you well on netflix anyway you get uh, the v wars and uh-huh. uh, the new dracula from bbc and mm-hmm. uh, i mean even the vampire diaries is over but uh, yeah no he was pretty hot what's his name ian uh whatever psalm I'm holder probably, or something yeah something yeah, like that it's not, it's not, it's not called, I'll, I'll yeah he mm-hmm. was pretty hot in the vampire diaries of which mm-hmm. i was not huge fan i didn't watch all the shows but i saw the occasional one and i thought he had the whole game down the game Mm -hmm. down you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah there's all kinds of things like that uh the true blood vampires i thought were great (laughs) all the whole you know range of them the all that they were into um yeah so there's a lot of um vampires that are out there now there's a lot in books too an American Horror so Story him. did
2: a vampire season, the hotel season was yeah. which I did not yeah, care for. True. I thought that was really one of the weakest seasons of the series and Lady that Gaga was, was not that, a good vampire. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's a reasonable thing if you're if you're going to fantasize, you can fantasize with, about whatever you want. People keep their fantasies hidden usually, right? Um, so you know they're not talking about them, um, or at least they're not being explicit about them, right? Like, I don't think there's anything you know morally wrong with no. it. No, um,
2: no, and just because you fantasize about something doesn't mean you actually really want it to happen. It means it's, it's yeah. your mind playing around with something. That's all it is. I mean, you can fan, You can exactly. fantasize about, like, stabbing somebody because they made you mad. It doesn't mean you want to do it or you would ever do it. You're just letting your mind wander yeah. a little bit. That's fine.
1: Yeah. And, of course, it's a fantasy because it probably won't happen. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You're the expert in eroticism and vampire. Oh,
1: that's a heavy burden to carry. I'm just a writer. That's all. Yeah, Period. But- I'm telling you, I get,
2: I get a little, I, am I'm, I clutch my pearls when I'm reading your, uh... (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I don't, but uh, you do a very good job with it. So what do you have any sort of wrap up thoughts about our topic for today?
1: Uh, Yes. I, it's too bad. We don't have more time because I would really like to, you know, expand and and go into other Aspects of vampire and sex because we are just talking sort of in general, but it would really be interesting to talk about um, All of the sexuality that's happening now and how it relates to vampires Ooh. We have a lot of gay vampires for sure and there's a few lesbian vampires in books and movies and things like that But there's a lot of um, different gendering these days and it would be interesting to see how that works That would be really interesting. Well, what about you? Do you have any last
2: thoughts? No, I'm just kind of latching on to you. Now that you've said that, that would be really interesting. You mean like a transgender vampire? Like, you know, how would all these things work? It, it, it
1: would be very well, wow, interesting. Well, maybe we should, do a, we, we should do a podcast and get a bunch of people on, and we'll be the interviewers and talk to them about that. How would that be?
2: Yeah, we could do that. I don't know if we can do it this month, but we could do that. No, we
1: can't, we can't, do, we can't do it this
2: month. There's no <laughs> Women way. Women in Horror Month is too busy. It's like it's it's the one it month. I, I always tell people it's the one month I'm like a Kardashian. Like I can't. It, I just get so much attention. And then suddenly March 1 rolls around and nobody cares about me anymore. Nobody wants to know what I think. So that's Aww, when we do it. <laughs> that's when we that's do it. Sad. After March 1st when nobody cares about me anymore, then we'll do a, another podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see if you were a vampire Elaine then they would still be forced to care about you because your that's presence true. would just make them it would be like this magnetic magnetism this draw to you you know period yes but I'm now too old to be a
2: vampire that's
1: the <laughs> other thing about
2: vampires you have to know that right age to become a vampire like when are you at your peak it's physically true. that this is how you want to remain forever and I've passed it I'm yeah. long past it <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs> I don't think we should go there.: <laughs> It was charming to talk with you about this. you um, as well. Yeah. I hope some, some people who are hearing this will make some comments below, either if they're nice or kind or vicious. We'll take them all. Yeah, uh, feel free. and <laughs> let us know what you think. And thank you so much for joining us.
0: A huge thank you to Elaine Pascal and Nancy Kilpatrick who made this episode possible. If you've liked what you've heard today, you can subscribe to the Great Lakes Horror Company on iTunes, Google Music, and Stitcher. And please consider leaving us a review. They really help. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for us by name and on Twitter at glhorrorpodcast. If you have a question, comment, or idea for a future show, please email it to glhc at horror-writers.ca. The Great Lakes Horror Company is sponsored by libraryofthedam.com. The show is produced by Sephiroth, Monica S. Kubler, and Andrew Robertson. Our theme music has been provided by Leslie Kirwost. Thanks for listening.